Welcome to Rise Up For You, a unique podcast dedicated to uplifting women in their day-to-day life, but open to all to enjoy and share. My name is Natalina, the founder of Rise Up For You. Through interviews with various experts and professionals on relationships, investing, self-worth, entrepreneurship, love, and health, this podcast is committed to empowering and spreading knowledge and motivation to all. Rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater tomorrow. Hello everyone, this is Netalina, your host and the founder of Rise Up For You, a company dedicated to empowering women to live their best life both professionally and personally. I'm so glad you can join us today. We have an awesome episode with an incredible guy named Steve Smith. Now, I got to tell you, I went to a presentation a couple weeks ago and Steve was one of the speakers there. And he just provided so much great content that I knew I had to have him on the show. And I knew that you guys would definitely benefit from his information. So Steve Smith is president and founder of Growth Source Coaching, headquartered in California. He's an accomplished sales, marketing, and management professional who brings 30 years of business building experience to every client relationship. So basically, Steve shares his business building techniques with professional audiences, which he bases on the insights he gained from his industry experience and the over 400 companies he has helped worldwide. He hosts an internationally recognized weekly internet radio show, The Bottled Business Sense Show, and is an accomplished writer for more than a dozen business websites and online publications. He's been featured in the Wall Street Journal, OC Talk Radio's Smart Money, and a variety of other business-based radio programs. He is here to talk with us about how to build your company, how to make sure that you have leadership development, marketing strategies, management technique, and a winning mindset. His episode with me today is incredible, and we talk about a number of things in regards to building your business, mindset, and this new wave of entitlement that we have that's been brought into this society that's affecting how we hustle in work. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Steve, thank you again for joining us today. I'm honored to have you on the show. I always like to start off the show by letting the audience get to know the guests a little bit. So can you tell us about yourself and what you do? The easiest way to explain what I do is I work with business professionals to help them become better at either running the business they own or overseeing a portion of a larger business and a company that they work for. So I either coach businesses or I coach executives within larger companies. Okay. How did you get into this field exactly? What kind of sparked your interest? I actually fell into this back in 2008. I had been in the consumer products manufacturing field for almost 30 years and just decided I just could not live that life anymore. I mean, it was great. Learned a lot. You know, worked and traveled around a great deal. I really don't have anything bad to say about my entire career, except it was just time to get out. Uh, The travel was just kind of beating me up. And uh, so in the process of looking for my next phase of life, um, I actually started working with a lady who was a consultant. And she was the one that actually pointed it out to me. She said, you know, everything I've looked at that you've done throughout your career and how people kind of view you and your interactions, she says, have you ever heard of business coaching? I had to admit at that point, I'd never heard of it. I mean, I'd heard of executive coaches and never had one of those. Um, So we just started investigating it and kind of looking at options. And that's how I ended up in it. 
When you're working with businesses or entrepreneurs, what is the largest hurdle that you see that's in front of them? The largest hurdle is really, it comes out of their head, quite honestly. It's their ability to actually see what is transpiring in their business and how they're impacting it. Because, I mean, as you go as the business owner, so goes your business. You, you kind of leave a huge footprint there that the business forms into. And most people have a complete separation between what they're doing and how the business functions as a result. And that's where I usually have to start. Because until I can get them to recognize that there is a cause and effect they're the cause, the business is the effect. Nothing that we work on from an improvement standpoint is really going to be embraced. You have to get people to take ownership for what's happening in the business, even though they may not have their hands on every single little thing. So when you say mindset and, and starting with them, are you talking about them personally as an individual, getting over hurdles in that sense, and then being able to show up for the business? Yes. I mean, look, it doesn't matter whether it's a business-related issue or some personal history-related issue. The individual is the one that I work with. So basically, I have to help get them to become more aware of what's going on, where they need help, where they can improve themselves, you know, a lot of different things, but it all starts with them. And so as we, we talk about the things that they believe are getting in their way, things that there's a certain fear mentality over, I'm definitely working with them to help them kind of reorganize how they look at things and what they're willing to take action on. Because if they don't, then they're, they're not going to be able to actually move anything forward. Right. And I, I completely agree with you. You may or may not know this, but I coach women in career and confidence, you know, how to get to the next step in their career. And mm -hmm. essentially, that is what we are working on is how they overcome that mindset so that they feel good enough to take the next step so that they create clarity so they know where they're going. Yes. So what are some of the steps or some tips that you can give us for those that are listening that know they're getting in their own way that might own their own company, or, you know, want to build a startup? What are some tips that you can give them to kind of make that leap or to get out of their own way? Well, the first thing I tell people is, is sometimes you have to just get off campus, you know, go someplace else where you're not reminded of your daily operations or your own routine and really think about why you're doing what you're doing at that point. And even though that sounds kind of holistic in nature, the reason I ask people to do that is because most of the time, after being in a business for some period of time, they're so enmeshed in the daily minutia, they forget why they, why they even started it. You know, they're just trying to kind of keep up with the ever never-ending flow of stuff that's going across their desk. And so I say, look, go back and reconnect with your origins. Figure out what it is that attracted you to this and make sure it's still there. Because, you know, passion's a great thing, but, but over our time of living, we go from one passion to another. You know, very rarely do people actually stay with a, a passion they start with all the way through the end. And so I tell people, really make sure you're still connected to this whole thing. Because if you're not and you can't find a way to reconnect, then you're just going through the motions. So once they get past that, then the other thing I ask them to do is – Take a look at what you want this business to be or where you think this business ought to be based on other people you know that are doing similar types of work and ask yourself, is there more to be had? Do I want to go for more? Where am I now? Are there things that I'm really struggling with? Here's the thing that personally kind of gets me is I'll get calls from people who have got really good businesses and, and they just sound like genuinely nice folks. 
And by the time they reached out and had that conversation with me, they were so far down the road in terms of things not working that I don't know that they'll have enough money to, to stay alive to, in order to turn it around. Mm. So I tell people, look, if you really think that there's more to be had and you're willing to go for it and you can't get there yourself, find somebody to help you. Don't wait for the weather to change or the political landscape to change or the economy. None of that stuff really matters. You've got to make the decision yourself that you're going to go in a new direction. If you need help, you've got to go out and find it. But don't wait till it's too late because sometimes the best of us can't help you turn it around that fast. Absolutely. You know, I want to go back to the first point that you said, because I think it's incredibly important. And I talk about this all the time. And very few people address this is that passion does change. And I think that sometimes as a society, as human beings, we get stuck with what we initially start with. And we forget that we change throughout time. And it's okay to make the leap and switch careers, you know, and if you can, if you are really intuitive with yourself and you honor yourself, you will make that transition. I personally have gone through three full careers already and every one of them I was completely passionate and loved. And then Mm -hmm. when I felt, yeah, okay, I'm ready to try something new. And I went on to my next passion. I mean, I, it was, it's the most incredible thing. I can honestly say that I've never had a career or a job where I was unhappy or I just got tired or sick of it. And again, I think that sometimes as people, we, we forget to honor ourselves and realize that we're going to change. You know, when we get our degree in college, when we're 21, more than often, by the time we're 40 or 50, we're not really into that anymore. <laughs> right. Well, here's another even scarier statistic. And I got this years ago from a publication I was reading that was talking about the number of people who actually follow the discipline that they get their college education in. And it was some staggering number, like 82% of the people that graduate from college don't actually end up in the career that their education was supposed to support. So can you imagine somebody that, you know, wow. they get out of college, early, middle 20s, you know, they, they start working and all of a sudden one day they wake up and they're 50 years old and they realize that they never really fulfilled their purpose because they got into some other job, some other company, probably for immediate reasons that made sense at the time, but it never really connected with what they thought they were they were put here to do and, and for which they followed a particular college education. And, and, and I run into that all the time. It's like people wake up one day and they think, oh, God, I don't know what I'm going to do anymore because I've lost what I thought I was here to do and I don't know where to go next. Now, do you think that it's really the purpose that they and initially, do you think it's money that people are chasing or do you really feel like they're aligned with their purpose? Because more than often, I find that people kind of go after the glory, the money. And then once they're in it, they realize that, oh, I'm not really excited about this. And then the money's not really that great. And then it all kind of tumbles from there. Um, uh, here's what I find. Um, I find that a lot of times, and, and I don't I don't necessarily blame people in general for this. I think as a society, we do a really poor job of this. People aren't given sufficient tools to really sit down and take a look at where they want to take their career life. Mm. They don't plan. So what happens is they make decisions along the way that get them into obligations for which now they have to pay for. And so at some point, you got to kind of give up that long-range plan to seek the immediate need of getting a job, making money, having something stable. And, of course, that, that little interim plan that you think that you're working on ends up lasting 20 or 25 years. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So what are some things, what are some other practices that we can work on to ensure that we don't get ourselves in this situation here? 
I think, in fact, I just had a client uh, session this morning, and the lady did a wonderful job with this. But I told her, I said, sit down on one piece of paper and write out a narrative of where you see this business going. I said, I don't care if the narrative ends at three years, five years, ten years. It doesn't matter to me. Just write out a storyline that says, when I arrive, this is what it will look like. And then we have an idea of what your end game looks like, and we can back into it and figure out all the things you need to do and the amount of time it'll take to get there. But I think so many people have gotten used to living in the moment that they don't bother thinking forward. They don't look down the road and say, okay, if I'm doing what I'm doing now, where's it going to end up? If I don't like where it's going to end up, what do I have to change today in order to course correct and have things work out a little closer to the way I like them later on. Right. And, and, you know, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, I met you through your presentation and you and you were talking about actions and goals and whatnot. And you're absolutely right. There's nothing tangible with what they're doing a lot of times. So they don't know if they're if they're progressing. They don't know how to get to the next step. I think it's you talked about something when I saw you about really creating action and being able to measure your action and having a goal that you can see that's in front of you that's not, you know, too far out that you can actually progress with. Yeah, I uh, what I find many times, in fact, you'll probably be interested in, in hearing about this um, because I did a presentation for our local city our, um, our small business. We have a small business conference once a year that the chamber funds. And in in reading uh, this Harvard Business Review study, um, they had determined when it came to goals and and what goals, what kind of part pl- uh, goals play in people's success, they found out that eighty three percent of the people that they had in this study never set goals at all. They just waltzed from one year into the next doing what they normally do, figuring it out along the way with no real idea of where they were trying to go. 14% of the people had actually thought about goals and had, had settled on goals, but they, it was all in their head. And they said the last 3% of the people actually thought about the goals, decided on the goals, wrote the goals down, made them formalized. So what they learned out of the whole study was if you're willing to take it to that level, you've got your goals written down, they're vetted, they make sense, they're actionable, you are 30 times more likely to be successful than people that don't do anything at all. Mm. And all that tells me is that we're either predisposed to some measure of future organization, what we want, and we actually know kind of where we're going to get there, and then we pursue it very methodically, or we just kind of float, float with life, and, and you get whatever comes. And, and some people are totally fine with that. And, and if you're fine with that, then I'm fine with that. What I, I get a little kind of irritated over is with people that kind of constantly grouse about what they don't have, but then you ask them what they did to try to get what they want, and they don't have an answer. (laughs) That's so true, you know? (laughs) And I laugh only because... You know, I I work with a lot of youth and a lot of younger people still today, and society's shifting a lot. And there's a lot of, and I don't know if you find this yourself, Steve, but there's there's this new wave of entitlement that um, is being developed where people want something, but they're not doing anything to get it, right? Yes. Yes, I see quite a bit of that. In fact, my uh, son, who is 35, and who just started his own business last fall, he's actually seeing that himself uh, Mm. because he has to recruit a lot of people to fill positions for companies that he represents. And we we talk about this all the time. And and we're always trying to figure out, okay, how did this happen? How did we get here? 
and quite honestly, we know in, in my generation, we have a lot of friends who have kids in that kind of millennial generation group. And we can pretty much point to some of the issues. You know, one, people today are so preoccupied with total total safety for their kids. Mm. Their kids don't get a chance to experience things and try things and fail at things and figure out how to come back from failure. So they completely go through their their teens and their 20s uh, with with no practical experience for what it's like to try something, maybe not hit it the first time around, but keep going after it and eventually get what you want. They don't have any of that. So all of a sudden they show up at their first job at 27 or 28 um, and and they have no idea. They They don't bring any practical experience to the role because they've been coddled so much and they've been kind of, it's been pre-planned and organized for much of their life. They've never had to think on their own. You know, you're, you're absolutely right there. And, you know, before I built my company, Rise It For You, I was, I spent a lot of time in education as an executive. And this was one of the number one struggles is, you know, working with kids and their parents that basically, you know, wanted them to get everything without working for it. I mean, they, if they didn't, if the child didn't do their homework or didn't hand it in, it was, well, give them another opportunity, give them another opportunity, give them another opportunity. And at some point, the child was no longer learning how to work for themselves, how to build that discipline. And I noticed that a lot of students that were now going on to a career or their college or applying for their job had no skills whatsoever and didn't know how to get to the next step in their life after high school. Yes. And actually I'll, I'll go as far as to say that when, when they're in that scenario and you give them another chance, another chance, another chance, they are learning something. They're learning that if they hold out long enough, they will get what they want without doing anything for it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that unfortunately is a really disastrous quality to have when you go to work for a company and there's other people in your department or wherever you work that are probably doing what you do. So there's a little bit of competition. I mean, I, I can't think of hardly any job in any business today where there's not a, a, a level of competitiveness about what you do versus what other people around you do. You know, so if kids don't grow up feeling a little bit of struggle to kind of work hard and achieve something that's not easy, uh, it's a real slap in the face the first time they get into a work environment and they're really pressed to to, to deliver results. And, and they just, you know, the, the stress just kills them because they don't know how to learn to live and work with stress. That's right. And so what I find, Steve, you know, with my clients today when I'm working with them, and I'm sure you see this, the same thing, is there's these two struggles. One of them is this idea of not really knowing what it means to hustle, right? Not really knowing the hard work that needs to be put in building your business or building your company. And right. the second thing that I find is, you know, their past, their childhood or their journey or experiences that might have made them feel defeated. And now they were, skill, um, they were scared to make that leap again because of that feeling of failure. Do you find yes. the same? I find that in people that are in their middle and late 50s, they've, they've lived most of their life, even though they've reached some, some level of, of success with the business that they run today. Um, I, I'm amazed at the people that, that harbor feelings of, of limitations in what they believe in, who they think they are. They lack certain confidences. And along the way, they just figure out how to adapt or how to get around them or how to hide them. Uh, but that's a huge limiting factor to me is, is if you don't have the confidence in yourself, mm. forget about what you do or what skills you kind of bring along. But if you don't have the confidence in yourself, that pretty much eliminates your ability to be put into or walk into a new 
a new venue where, where you have no history. Uh, there's no playbook for it. But yet you're confident enough that if you do a couple of the right things, you can figure it out along the way. Some people never get to that level, and as a result, they stay in a very, very small box pretty much all their lives. That's right. That you're absolutely right there, Steve. This has been um, an incredible conversation, and I and I love where it's going, and I love all the the feedback that you're giving us. I'd love to jump into our power section and ask you a couple questions here. Um, sure. Can you tell us one book that you've read that's had a massive impact on your life that you would recommend to us? Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, I read, and I'm trying to remember who introduced me to this book because I didn't know the gentleman, um, and I still don't know him personally, but I didn't know him at all uh, when I first um, when I first read this book. Uh, the book was written by a guy named Marshall Goldsmith, which is a very, very well-known um, executive coach. Uh, and he one of his first books was What Got You Here Won't Get You There. And it's an interesting title, and the book is white, and it's got a picture of a ladder with a guy in a briefcase kind of crawling halfway up the ladder. But but the premise of the book was and, – and he had done you know massive, massive amounts of research with the hundreds and hundreds of clients he's worked with around the world. And basically what he came up with is at some point in your life, your career life, you've developed all of the the education and the experience you'll ever need in order to go as far as you want. That going back to school, get more education or getting more experience doesn't really add anything to it. What keeps people from achieving their, their, their A game, if you will, is the things that they do in their interpersonal relationships, on the job, wherever, that cause people to either not trust them, to put distance between them, to not be totally loyal to them. It's all things that they do that are creating barriers around them. And it's a fascinating book. And if you read it, he, he outlines 20 afflictions <laughs> that he has seen with his clients that cause various problems that cause you know executives to, to, to be limited in their success. And you go down the list and you read them. And I, I went down there. I came up with four right off the bat. And um, so it's a very, very good book in terms of just getting you aware of how you impact an organization or a group around you. It sounds fascinating, and I am going to buy that right when we jump off this call here. <laughs> okay, very good. <laughs> well, you know, it's true. It's how you show up in the world, and a lot of times we don't know how we show up, but yes. people people take us and receive us in ways that we're not even we're not even conscious to. We have no idea how people are receiving us. Yes. So, Steve, what's one thing that you've accomplished that you're proud of thus far? Well. Um... I'd say the the biggest recent accomplishment that I, I really felt good about, although when I was in the thick of it, I wasn't feeling so good about it. <laughs> um, I started my coaching career in 2008, and I bought into a coaching franchise. And it was a very small one, kind of in startup mode. Uh, and I knew there was risk involved, you know, that uh, if I got into the ground floor and the thing really flourished and did well, then I would go along with it. But, you know, if not, then there would be another problem to deal with. And sure enough, March of 2011, I got the phone call from the owner of the company because I was uh, at that time, I was not only a franchise owner for the county I'm in, but I was also the director for all the other coaching and consulting people in the group. And so uh, I got the call and basically said they were out of money. They weren't going to put any more into it. They were closed the doors. That call took 12 minutes. Hmm. And I went from having about a hundred grand invested in this franchise that I had bought and was, was meticulously trying to develop to having a business that was essentially worthless because, you know, <laughs> nobody wants to be part of or doing business with a franchise when the mothership goes down. Right. 
And that's basically what happened. So um, over the course of four days, I retooled everything. Came up with a new name for the company, new logo, repurposed all the information that I had given that you know I had purchased as a part of the franchise. Um, I even uh, contacted the, uh, the the IT guy, and he left all the servers open. And I went in and pulled all the client lists because I knew this company was just they were going to go to the dark side. They weren't worried about trying to you know make things whole with the clients. So um, I went out and I touched about seventy five or eighty of them, and ended up working deals with about thirty five of them. Some of them I worked for free for almost a year because they had already put money in and other ones, you know, agreed to pay half and stuff. So I kind of worked my way through it and that's how I got to the, the business I have today. And so I thought, okay, I took a bankrupt situation and retooled it and made a business today that's better than the one I had before. I love that accomplishment and thank you for sharing that with us because, you know, I know that there's people listening that have been in that situation that most probably just let it go, gave up and then, you know, felt defeated about it. But you, you turned it around and in four days (laughs) and you said, nope, I'm not going down. Yeah, I mean, it, it basically took four days for me to clear my head and, and, and get committed about taking a different direction. Right. Um, you know, it took, a, it took a year and a half, almost two, to kind of stabilize things and, uh, and work through the original client list and move into new ones. But, you know, again, I look back on that and I think, okay, in the heat of the moment, it was scary because it was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? All this money's gone. I'm back to, to ground zero again. I mean, you know, nobody wants to have to think about going through and doing all that stuff. And then I realized, wow, I've got all this stuff already done. I just need to change a few names, go update a few websites. And so it worked out. I was very fortunate that, uh, that it worked out the way it did. That's incredible. Steve, are there any routines that you have that help you get a positive rise in your life, maybe a daily or morning routine? I'm a big believer in um, what I call rituals, and I got this uh, because in high school and college, I played um, uh, football in high school and went to college on a scholarship, played football there. And what I learned from those days was that if you're going to put yourself out on a field and play hard for three hours, you've got to mentally and physically be on top of your game. And that starts with the mental side. You can be physically ready to go, but if mentally you know, you're not there, you're not going to perform well. So we used to do these little things that would allow us to kind of visually in our heads come back to some real high points in our performance. And for me, it's music. I have a series of songs from artists that I really like that I play in repetition. And it goes for about 12, 15 minutes. But through the listening of this music at a time when other things were going on in my life that were kind of happy times, it kind of gets you to relive your best game. And if you can relive your best game in your head, you're going to play it in real life. And so now when I go speak to groups, and I know you heard me at one, um, when I go speak to groups, I go through this little ritual in advance because it kind of adds some calmness to things, kind of builds up the the, the credibility and, and your own feeling that you're going to be able to deliver real value to the people that have come to hear you talk. And it just puts you in an A-game mindset. And for people that can figure out the combination for them, some people it might be watching a video that really emotionally kind of uplifts them. Other people it might be something else. But whatever you know will help you really turn on the juice and really feel like you are ready to go out there and conquer the world. That's what you need to do because if you do that repetitively, you can actually cause your subconscious to relive those high moments and you can just take it with you into the next event you go into. 
You know, it's fascinating that you say that. I started off as a singer. That was my first career. And I sing before every presentation that I give. And I even sing in the presentation because, and I never thought of it the way that you just put it, but it gets me into a mindset and a zone that's ready to rock. Like I know I'm confident and I have what, and I'm going. (laughs) Well, see, if you took a couple of songs that you really like, they just mean something to you personally, and you recorded those and put them on a little mp3 player all you would have to really do is listen to yourself sing Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that would virtually create the same that that same a-game feeling that zone feeling that you're trying to get into um and those are great things to do uh the other thing i find that if you know sometimes people they they have to make a presentation in front of a large audience and they're nervous their hands are sweating you know they're thinking of every imaginable thing that could go wrong One of the things I tell people to do is, especially if they have a family and they have like grandchildren or something, say, before you go out on stage, go to the side and get down on one knee and in your mind, pretend that you're having a chat with a small child Mm. and just, you know, talking to them and just not worry about just whatever's in their heads, whatever they're doing for the day. Take 30 seconds and think about what it's like to have a conversation with a little kid. And when you're done, you're, you, you'll just be able to feel your nerves just go down. And you, you can walk out and you can be a little more you know, in composition, in control. And all it does is just take the nerves away because 90% of the things we worry about never actually come true. Right. That doesn't seem to prevent us from worrying about it anyway. Right. That's right. Wow. Thank you again, Steve, for joining us. Is there, is there anything we didn't get a chance to talk about that you want to share? Maybe like a last golden nugget that you have for us. Well, um, in fact, we, uh, I was listening to a presentation last week from a, a colleague of mine, and he mentioned this, and so I'll throw it out too because I find a lot of times in our, just our day-to-day going-ons, we don't really take the time to think about this. But one of the things that can keep you uplifted on a daily basis without any effort at all is from the time you wake up in the morning till noon, set yourself a goal, noon. Find someone in your, you know, in your goings around, somebody you talk to, that you can express appreciation to. Hmm. Give gratitude to at least one person. It doesn't matter. It could be, you know, if you go to Starbucks in the morning and order your regular cup of coffee, find some way to acknowledge that person behind the counter who probably had to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning to go open the store. And you'd be amazed at how that will change your disposition when you just extend an appreciation to someone else, especially if it's not warrant or you know invited in any way, just something you're doing. If you do that and you do it religiously, it will change how you look at things, and it will keep you from immediately going to the dark side and complaining about what's wrong with the world and you know all this other kind of stuff that we can all get into. It's like a it's a rabbit hole. It's very difficult to get out of. But if you do that, that simple little task of expressing gratitude for something somebody has done or to somebody because you believe that what they're doing is a good thing, you can really change your own disposition. And that's what it's all about when you're in the battle of business every single day. You got to keep your head above the water. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much. Steve, how do we support you and how do we stay connected to you? Well, um, you can connect to me a lot of different ways. I'm on LinkedIn um, and Steve Smith Business Coach. You can find my profile there, and I've got a lot of good stuff there you can go take advantage of. 
you can visit my website, which is growthsourcecoaching.com. And I've got a lot of good tools on there because I believe in giving as much as I can to people so they can get an idea of kind of what it would be like if they were working with me. Um, and if any of your listeners are uh, they're connected with other industry organization or something, they're looking for a speaker to come kind of uh, provide them with some real insights on what it's like to have a really good quality business that you just love every single day. I'm more than happy to, to talk with them and find out how I can, I can come and brighten up their, 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 uh, their, you know, associations events too. Wonderful. Thank you so much again for joining us today, Steve. Thank you, Netta. I love it. I appreciate the invite and uh, I hope we can connect up soon. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. If so, please share it with your friends and your family. You can post it on social media and just help us spread the word. We would really, really appreciate it. And if you haven't already, you can head over to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast and let us know how we're doing. You can leave us a review and a rating of the podcast because we would love to know how we're doing and we want your help to be better. Plus, this really is one of the best ways to support our podcast to rise up for you. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Podcast Directory, Blueberry, and of course, if you head over to our website, www.riseupforyou.com, you can check out all of the show notes and listen to the podcast on the website. Thank you again for tuning in to Rise Up For You. Be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow.